Now Jacob has to come in and warm her up. He's just like, it's because I'm hotter than you. My other favorite line is right after that. He like gets under the blanket and then he looks at Bella and he goes, you'll warm up faster if you take your clothes off. Wait, really? He says that? No, I think I, I was do remember it. Edward definitely says. Edward, Edward's like, yeah, control keep your thoughts. And like it cuts back to Jacob and he's like inching himself behind her. You know, he's just got like a full chub. The only thing that was missing from this overly horny teen scene was that Bella would get too hot under the covers. So then. Oh, and then she has his whole his cold, icy skin would then also have to get under the covers. (laughs) And Edward and Jacob just fucking glare at each other. Mm, I hate you so much. (laughs) Holy crap. We should watch that. I can't even hear myself recording. Rumble in the in the podcast. We got it, boys. <laughs> Welcome to Everyone's a Real Critic. My name's Jose Garcia Chow, and here alongside with my co-host John Wolf, we take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We break down the movies with our own critique. We dissect the critic and audience reviews, and we decide who was closer to the real rating of the movie. Was it the critics? Was it the audience? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. Be sure to follow us on our social channels at EARC pod and make sure to join our discord. Let us know if we missed anything. Did anything stand out to you? Do you agree with the audience? Do you agree with the critics? We want to hear from you guys. This week, we're keeping the discussion going with the Twilight franchise and discussing Twilight, Total Eclipse of the Heart. If you've missed our last two podcasts on the first two movies, check them out where you get your podcasts. Uh, But before we get into Total Eclipse of the Heart, we like to keep it current, and we're going to talk about what we've been watching this week. So without further ado, I will introduce my beautiful, gorgeous, handsome, beautiful, hilarious, humble, attractive, co-host <laughs> there's a lot of them beautiful and attractive i, I like have a lot it. to say about you i have a lot to well, say about going. you going no one's stopping you <laughs> john before we talk about twilight <laughs> eclipse what have we been watching what's going on man good to see you as always uh thanks everyone who's listening we are recording this after we launched our first podcast on the spotify so it's exciting for us so we're still riding high off uh you know, those many downloads from my mom and, and Jose's mom, you know, they got it on all their devices. But That's what am I my watching? Dad. My mom, my mom doesn't listen to this shit. Yeah, mine either. <laughs> <laughs> she knew what a Thanks, podcast dads. was. I'd be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, the last time we talked when we were watching New Moon, we uh, we had both watched a second installment in a trilogy. So I thought, you know, the deal was we we're going to watch a trilogy. So I finally finished the Fear Street trilogy. I watched Fear Street 1666. Uh, You did mention that it was a little bit slower, the third one. And I did find that to be true. I I would never lie to you. Yeah, you wouldn't. I was a little disappointed, (laughs) honestly, because the first two were pretty good. The third one just sort of seemed like they, they, they kind of felt like they had to push someone on us and as soon as i like started to put it together it was just so cliche the 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 big i'm gonna spoil it for everyone the big antagonist the big bad in this movie his name is literally nick good 
His last name is good. And if that is not a red flag as to how bad it's going to be right off is, the trail, John, I, I couldn't see it coming at all. <laughs> his name's Nick Good, and he's the mayor of this small ass town. So essentially, Nick Good makes a deal with the devil where he sacrifices innocent people in the other town so that he could be the mayor of another town. And I, what I didn't understand was if you were going to make a deal with the devil where you could get anything you wanted, anything, and you just had to kill random people, that's bad enough. Why would you just choose to be a mayor of this why, town? No one's ever. Why would you want to be a politician? <laughs> why would you want to do that? It made no sense to me. That's all. So once I found that out, I was so bummed. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. Jose, did you watch Rush Hour 3? John? I'm, I know we made a promise to each other that we would watch Rush Hour 3, but I did not do it. Son of a bitch. You just said I would never lie to you. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't, lie, I didn't lie to you. I misled you because oh, okay. I'm, That's fair. I'm untrustworthy. I am much like the villain in this film, Victoria. Edward? In that, oh. Uh, oh, touche. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> touche. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. that French word. Um, but Tushi. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, my grandma um, would run run around and pinch my Tushi, you know. She'd always be doing that. How old were you when she stopped? Did she ever stop or last week? She oh, just died. until you see her in oh god. <laughs> no, she's fine. She's alive. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't watch the last, I didn't want to watch Rush Hour 3. I had such a good time with the first two that I kept That's thinking fair. like yeah, I I, rem- I remember watching it when I was younger and being disappointed in it, so I didn't want to do it. But of course, you know, we started a movie podcast. We watch movies all the time. Of course, I watched the movie. Um, I watched this random ass movie called Love and Monsters on Hulu. Have you ever heard of this? I've John, seen. You ever heard of this? I- <laughs> What's up with that? I've seen the picture of it, but I've never. Uh turn it on because it looks terrible dude i gotta say i thought the same thing my sister turned it on the tv mm-hmm. and i was pleasantly surprised it's not what bad. about it did it's you actually watch? pretty damn good so i'll walk you through my train of thought when i first turned it on because the movie starts with a voiceover and you know okay. how i feel about voiceovers i generally hate when movies start with voiceovers because i always see it as a crutch When it comes to writing, the cardinal rule for movies is show, don't tell, right? If you need a voiceover to explain things to the audience, you're not you're not depicting that through action. You know, there are better ways to do exposition and it's called action. So. The movie starts with a voiceover, pretty annoying. I was already like, this is going to suck, but somehow it gets way better very quickly the protagonist goes through a by the book hero's journey and it is effective it's efficient and it's entertaining and and this is my favorite part of this movie the supporting actors in this movie like the supporting characters i should say are incredible the protagonist's main ally is a fucking dog and the (laughs) dog goes through a whole fucking arc in the movie the dog has a personality he helps our protagonist get from a to b they literally have a falling out 
Then they reunite and it's amazing. The dog never speaks a word of dialogue because it's a dog and it has so much character regardless. Dude, it's on Hulu. I highly recommend it. If not for the dog having an arc of its own. Speaking of arcs and good characters. And, and Ron, dogs. I think we should get to the Twilight Theory. <laughs> oh, and and honestly, dogs. It honestly sounded like I Am Legend when you were describing it, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. But yeah, you're right. The you dog know, in dog. this is better than I Am Legend. Okay. Okay. I trust you. So this week, we watched I hope so. Twilight Eclipse, the third installment in the Twilight franchise. We talked about the first two movies in the saga. You know, I like to say saga. Twilight and Twilight New Moon. So if you balls. miss those, <laughs> these kind of were. <laughs> if you miss those, definitely go back and listen. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. We, again, are just so lucky to have this saga fall in our lap where four out of the five movies have a John, 20% don't change difference. it. Don't change up the, pro- the pronunciation. Just because you called me out. Me. No, don't no, no. It. You know what? Be your and own just float man. off the tongue. I'm just going to go back and forth, whatever I feel. You know, it's like a feel thing. Tomato, tomato, saga, 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 saga. Sometimes I say museum. Sometimes I say museum. museum. Yeah. We're just doing Twilight Eclipse, which has a critic score of 47 and an audience score of 60. So by quick math, you can tell that that is not a 20% difference. So this is the one movie in the entire franchise that does not have a 20% difference. We're just going through it. We're going to make our first one-time exception because look, you can't just, you can't ignore art at its finest, right? You can't episode just- Episode three, leave. making an exception. <laughs> yeah, episode three, we're making a big exception right here. We're folding. Look, we're not going to do it a lot or ever Don't again. Don't say that. Honestly, Don't I make think false we prophecies. Just... Prophecies? Prophecies, excuse me, yeah. promises. I've had a few Coronas. I'm hanging out with the family tonight. As we get into the discussion today, I think it's important that this is like the the cream creme de la creme or the cream de la cream, as you may call it, of the the Twilight movie. So we're in for a little bit of a treat. Or as uh, Randy Savage would say, the cream of the crop. <laughs> I don't you know Macho so. Man Randy Savage? Everyone okay. knows Macho Man Randy Savage. You actually kind of sounded like him right there. You do the rest of the oh, time. Oh, we, we forgot to mention that our 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 guest uh our guest for this episode is Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Hello, John and Jose. Is he from the grave? Is he dead? Yeah, I may be dead, but you know, I never put down a chance to talk about Twilight. Do you think I killed him? You think he's actually dead? He Let's is see. dead now. He's gone. He left. He left us? Because mm-hmm. that would be really embarrassing if I killed him. <laughs> Anyways, when we talk about movies, what are the Wait, wait, wait. Nope. Yep. <sighs> he's dead. Oh, he's dead. He's totally dead, dude. You know, For rest in peace, Macho Man Randy Savage. We love you. So we're going to make an exception this one time. Uh, we're going to make an exception this first time, I should say. Yeah, first yeah, time yeah. exception For Twilight Eclipse, because, you know, you just can't ignore art at its highest form. You know, this is the creme de la creme of the movies. It has the, the least amount of difference, the least amount of divide between critics and audience. And a lot of the times when... When we're looking at movies, what we what we kind of rate them on is five things. Four that are important. One is a must, right? We always talk about the one must. So the first, what the hell's going on, right? Like, am I lost? What's going on? So far in the Twilight movies, we sort of know what's going on, 
but we really don't at the same time. Uh, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions, more questions than there are answers. Do I give a shit about the characters as number two? Like, do I care about them at all? So far, not so much, except Charlie. We My like boy that Jacob guy. as well. Yeah, we do like Jacob. Uh, could it have been? Although I have 30... a few things to say about him. Oh, we'll get there. Could it have been 30 minutes shorter? So we talk about pacing. Jose, what's your favorite? What's your favorite length for a movie? Tight 90. And I'll Tight get into 90, it more maybe. later. We got to get that tight 90. Uh, did I look at my phone? Was this movie engaging or was it a snooze fest? Which you never know with these. And of course, the must, the juice boost, which you're boosting right now on that Corona. Sometimes boosting and hard. always. Yeah. You always need a juice boost to get through a movie. It's tradition. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? Every time. I always need a juice boost. Always I can't enjoy anything boost. sober. And- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, dude. <laughs> Hey, and it <laughs> Listen, looks sometimes bro, you gotta sometimes you just gotta the hit movie. the nos. <laughs> sometimes you gotta hit the nos, crack open a Corona, and say, oh, yeah. you know, it's all about the family. Yeah, man. Well, we don't condone drinking. We're just gonna and keep dropping Fast and Furious references this whole time, dude. Anyways, do it. Live your life a quarter mile. Let's time. talk about this movie. <sighs> We got two in at the same time. I wonder what the listener's going to hear. You know, if you play that back, you can hear. It's like the Laurel Yanni situation. Did you hear 60 seconds at a time or did you hear live your life a quarter mile at a time? Well, uh, you'll have to let us know. So, yeah, let's get into the movie, man. First impressions. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Before we get there. No, go for it. Last time I gave you 30 seconds to give an overview of the movie. (laughs) You went on for about five minutes. I'm going to give you redemption here. <laughs> okay. Okay. In so, 30 seconds, can this you is, give this us is, what this movie's about? I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't think so. Like, okay, so. Ready? I'm give it my best shot. Ready? Set. Are you timing this? Yeah, I'm going to time this. <laughs> Go. Oh All right. So we fade in. <laughs> Already bad start. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Victoria is starting an army in Seattle of a bunch of new baby vampires, right? At the same time, Edward and Bella are arguing about whether to get married or turn into a vampire. Bella is already concerned about being older than Edward. And Edward says, I won't turn you until you're a, I'm sorry, I won't turn you until we're married. Problematic, first of all. Anyways, Charlie hears about there's no. there being a murder. Oh, <laughs> All right, good overview. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not gonna say that that wasn't pretty much the overview of the whole movie. I also wrote the Google synopsis into our uh, outline, and I did this because I wanted to ask you if you thought this was an adequate way to summarize this movie. Okay, I'm gonna read it real quick. Quote: Danger once again surrounds Bella as a string of mysterious killings terrorizes Seattle and a malicious vampire continues her infernal quest for revenge. Amid the tumult, Bella must choose between her love for Edward and her friendship with Jacob, knowing that her decision may ignite a long simmering feud between vampire and werewolf. Sure. Let's have that be the overarching (laughs) theme to the movie and we will decide at the end if that's accurate or not so okay 
you mentioned when you were watching uh, the monster movie, Love and Monsters, right? That you hate a voiceover. And the previous two movies started with voiceovers. This movie, I'm so, that big I'm so glad scene. you brought this up. I'm so yeah. glad you brought this up because it was the first thing I thought. Me too. The last two movies start with Kristen Stewart's character just giving us the most, first of all, cliche, but also depressing quotes to start the movie, right? And then she transitions into it. This movie starts like, and there's rain and it's dark and it's pretty, and I'm like, whoa, is this going to be cool all of a sudden, you know? Right. (laughs) And, And this man is being hunted and you're like, whoa, this is cool. But then you remember that this is a Twilight movie. And um, uh, what's her name? Victoria like swooshes across the screen and the man just starts yelling in the street while it's raining. And I'm like, oh, come on, dude. You could have done this action way cool. It's a vampire. Like you could have made this really scary, compelling. Instead, they choose to not show any action except for a man yelling in the street. This remind this beginning kind of remind we talked about it in previous episodes, like the whole Harry Potter kind of comparing itself to Harry Potter and, you know, in those movies where they progressively get darker and darker as the movies continue. So that's sort of where I thought this was going. And there was action. Your eyes just weren't fast enough to see it because (laughs) vampires move at super speed, which brought me to my first question of the movie. How did the vampire Victoria, first of all, how do vampires choose their prey in general? Do they just go for it? Second for you, in terms of physics, like let's bring a little bit of reality to this unbelievable movie, okay? She's moving at super speed. This guy is standing in the middle, terrible hiding spot, in the middle of the street, in the rain. She's <laughs> well, he moving. doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know, but she's moving at super speed. How does she get a clean bite on the inside of his hand? As it's facing towards his body. Do you think well, like- this is a great question? And this is exactly why I'm saying that this scene sucks. Because <laughs> it starts out and you think that it's gonna be so cool, right? Because they're setting the scene. It's like the, the setting of the scene is cool. It's a dark and stormy night, right? And and then you realize that he's being hunted on paper. This sounds cool, you know, but in this film. How, okay, this it wants us to believe that Victoria is moving at lightning speed and that she just chomps real quick on this man's arm. <laughs> just goes like, Whoosh. yeah, that was good. She didn't go for his like wrist or something. She bit like right, right underneath here. his thumb, which means that her her his whole thumb was in her mouth. But the way the bite was was almost. For everyone that's listening, I'm looking at it right now. Watching. I'm looking at it right now. Everyone, it looks so. like if you put your thumb in your mouth and you chomped down on the on the muscle part, yeah, in in your palm, that's where she bit. So, so it she means got that Victoria... his whole thumb in her mouth in a yes. split second while yes. his hand was facing his body. Yes, you want to know why? I know the answer. Why? Because why? she is sexy. <laughs> you know, she like bit down on the thumb and then like. <laughs> sucked it on the way out 
Anyways, then we move on to this. All right. <laughs> I, think, I don't think there's any moving on from that. Let's uh, wrap it up. That's the end of the podcast. Yep. And that was it. Peace. <laughs> That's <ya>. Twilight Eclipse. <laughs> no, um, then it goes to Edward and Bella chilling in the meadow for a while. Like they do. They just have like their own personal meadow, I guess. And then they're discussing that she's not going to marry him because she feels like she wants to live her life a little bit more and then he's like well you know i'm not going to turn you into a vampire until you get married so he's putting a caveat on their agreement right like well you know if you really want to be a vampire you gotta marry me which sounds super healthy johnny you know i've said it once i've said it before this is the textbook example of a healthy relationship yeah textbook example as you mentioned last time is it as the of the dennis method also yes um exactly so we kind of move on from there we sort of get the premise that you know edward bella they're gonna have some conflict they're gonna have some back and forth throughout the rest of the movie and what i did also uh, what i forgot to mention what i did like from the beginning murder scene is this is the first time in any of the twilight movies that we've met the bad guy before the last five minutes of the movie when they just show up out of nowhere. So I did appreciate that as well. Anyway, so we're, we're going here. Bella is supposed to be going to college from what I assume. Um, and it one part, she's going to the university <laughs> like, of Alaska. Hey, I have an English exam. Quit with your little canoodling, please. Right. Um, and there was one point in the beginning, this really stuck out to me again, just how much sense some of this movie makes where she goes to Florida and Bella's mom gives her a quilt of t-shirts for her to bring to the University of Alaska where it's probably cold. Bella takes Jacob, a vampire, to Florida. Edward. Edward. I'm sorry. Edward, a vampire. To Florida. To Florida, right, where it's sunny. In the the sunshine state. Yeah. It's daytime. Yep. No sparkles. It's physically impossible for him to have, like, gotten away without sparkling while he was in Florida. And I love that, like, they're chilling outside and they're having that whole conversation of the quill. And Christian Stewart is doing her absolute best to be like, thank you so much. Oh, my God. What a thoughtful gift. You know, and then they look back and Edward's just chilling at the dining room table. Yeah. <laughs> He's so not He's present. Like, I can't go out there. Are you kidding? Look how sunny it is outside. <laughs> but then they walk outside right after. So then we start to get into what we talked about in the beginning, right? Like there's this mysterious murder. That one murder sort of snowballs into what appears to be 20, 30, 50 murders of people. Like a huge amount. And Charlie, like the FBI should be involved. He's wearing like a costume of a police outfit. Did you yeah. see that thing? It doesn't even look like a real police uniform. It looks like he went to the party city and was like, I'm going to be a cop this year for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was Halloween. So another question I had for you. Okay. How like the lifestyle of being a vampire, right? Because what we start to learn is once, once these murders kick off, the Cullen family gets very nervous because they're like, oh, snap, we're supposed to be overseeing the Pacific Northwest division of vampiredom. 
we cannot have the Volteri get involved. We need to take care of this. How did they get stuck with that? That seems like an awfully large area. I didn't realize that they were police. They were. I don't know if they're police. police. I think they just like watch over a certain. How does that work? They're like the vampire police of the Pacific Northwest. Like they're having meetings where they're turning to Jasper, who all of a sudden is a Texan, like Civil War vet. What? Where the fuck did that come from? He's doing like an accent in some of the scenes. He went it's from so like funny. not talking at all to now just to being, being like back back yeah. in my day. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll tell you about my uh, what what which I will say I appreciate that we get, finally got some backstory to all of these ancillary vampire characters. You know, oh. like not only Jasper, but um we know a little bit about Rose 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 was Rosalie. terrible. I have some I have a problem with that. The when we get Rose's backstory, which is absolutely terrible, brutal, because she runs into the Forks Five in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> what are they doing? How oh are they God. everywhere all the time? That's what I wrote do down. That, I have no idea. Do you think they that just, instead of motorcycles, the Forks Five back then had like horses or like? Donkeys well, what would be like the cool version of like a horse, like a smaller horse that moves faster? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is cooler than a horse? A a tinier, faster horse. (laughs) (laughs) With two legs instead of four. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't understand how they, like, okay. I understand that, like, in the the previous movie, the Volturi said, or or it might have been mentioned that the Cullen, it's their area. Like, they're a tribe. And they, you know, they're over that. And and they also mentioned that, like, oh, this should concern us because if we don't do something about this, the Volturi are going to get involved. Right. But I was just confused that they were running like like Jasper and the other guy were running like reconnaissance missions. And, and Dr. Cullen was like, anything to report? You know, and they're like, well, you know, the, yeah, the newborns are getting even rowdier. Um, I was just confused. I was like, I didn't realize they had all this responsibility. I thought they were just chilling. And the other thing that I guess we'll get there, I get towards the end, but the biggest question I have and what we start to learn is, so, you know, Edward, the vampire, the Cullens, and the werewolves eventually have to work together because they're so afraid of this threat of Seattle-based newborns which is a terrible name for like the most threatening vampires in their like phase of life they're the the most deadly and they call them newborns so bad i'm not afraid i will say i liked the idea though that they are at their deadliest after their turn no i like that idea but don't call them newborns i'm not afraid of a baby like a baby's not gonna kill me as soon as he's born what would i call them blood suckers they're all blood suckers. <laughs> no, not the colons. They're vegetarians. That's right. They just suck animal blood. Yeah. I would call them baby beasts. <laughs> Van- you Van- marketing. Van- Van- beasts. Yeah, I'm pitching here. I'm pitching. You know, I got yeah. I got a lot of these. Dude, you're selling me. Um, so the werewolves 
vampires decide like, hey, it's time to work together. We cannot withstand this one Victoria coming through because she will kill us, especially with her band beasts, as you call them. Um, yeah. So did you say vamp beasts? Vamp beasts. Yeah, like vamp beasts. I like that so much better. You just combined yeah. my two ideas. What, hey, how about you go a step further and just call them beasts? I like or that. Best. Or just vampire beast, beast. Beast, beasts. Or uh, feast, beast. Feast. It's yeah, a work like in it. progress. You know, we'll keep talking about it. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. It brought me to the question because you have the Seattle game. We don't really understand what their purpose is. They eventually, we learned that they're being built to kill Bella, this huge group of people. We then learned the Volteri, as you mentioned, everyone's afraid of them getting involved. Well, it turns out they are involved. Spoiler alert, Dakota Fanning's behind the whole thing. They couldn't afford Martin Sheen in this movie. So Dakota Fanning's behind the whole thing. She wants Bella dead. So Victoria wants Bella dead. Dakota Fanning wants Bella dead. What do you think makes Bella so important that two people want to kill her and that two sworn enemies for hundreds of years are just totally cool. Hey dude, let's, let's drop all that and work together, man. Love. The answer to your question (laughs) is love. It it always is. (laughs) I don't quite understand why. So it's funny to me that Victoria is still the big bad, you know, like, this is three movies, and in the last movie, she barely shows up. You know, yeah. she shows up at the very end. And in this movie, she's like an architect of a grand plan that involves turning all of these little vampy armies, like her little vampy army, to and directing them towards Bella. Um, which you know, you could argue is a good idea. But also, I don't really understand the point. Like, I I don't quite understand why she's still on. She's just trying to get herself killed at this point. Like, and if it's still just for her lover, I don't know that we received enough exposition to justify that kind of a motive. So, yeah, it's confusing to me. I thought the new bad guy, though, was pretty compelling, you know? Like, he was pretty cool vampire. I mean, so we run into the same problem as we do with all the other movies. Is like, this story has no story, right? Like, the there... So let me, let me take a step back. There is a story within this. And the story lives within Bella, who is fighting, do I want to be with Edward? Or do I want to be with Jacob? Which is really what the story is of, of yeah. this movie. And they That's keep the trying real to, story. They keep trying to force on us like this whole all of these other plots. They really don't matter. If this movie just focused on the love between this triangle of Jacob and Edward, it would be much better. Because let me tell you. Once we got into the the macho fest between Edward and Jacob, that's when this movie really takes off. It's in the second hour. If you can get past the first hour, God bless you. But the second hour is really where it takes off when, when they start preparing, they start working together, right? Just to put it into context, the movie decides to use that looming threat of um, the vampy army 
coming after Bella to move forward the conflict between Edward and Jacob by implying that if Bella is with Jacob, his scent, his his stanky ass werewolf scent that will wet mask. Dog, baby. Yeah, that wet dog <laughs> will mask uh, her scent. Her her her. For some reason, they're so attracted to her scent. Like I don't understand why she's so appealing to everybody. To, she's irresistible, not just to vampires and werewolves, to people too. Like in the first movie, all these guys were all over Bella, and she's just sitting there, like confused in a bright in a green bowling shirt. Like I don't get why she's so hot to everybody. Anyways, they're just trying to use that to justify her being with Jacob, right? And Edward just has to like, <laughs> Edward just has to like be okay with it, which I think is so funny. When they get to school and Jacob is there and he's got their back to them and like the heavy metal riff starts playing and he like turns around and he's like a bad boy. Dude, they barely justify that she needs to go with him. And she, they literally just got to school and she's just like, all right, Edward, I'll see you later. And just gets on the motorcycle behind him and just drives away. <laughs> There's a it's lot so of there's it's a lot so of good one upsmanship in this movie, and it mostly comes from Jacob. The, we have to 100% get to the part where they're in the tent because I laughed so hard. I love that. You know what before, I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, before you get to the tent, my favorite move that Jacob pulled was when he he and Bella kiss. You remember that? You mean when she, he forcefully kisses Bella? He, right. He forcefully kisses Bella, but right, it happens. And in the back of the shot, you can see Edward standing there. Oh, and that's then, the second time. No, that's the second time where she's like, kiss me because he's leaving yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they kiss and then you see Edward in the back of the shot and then they pull away and Bella <laughs> like looks at Edward and she's like, oh, you saw that? Did you like, see all of that? Oh no my gosh. Oh. We're just talking oh. to him and he's in the back of the shadow. <laughs> he's like, also, I can read minds from like miles he's, away. He was literally I know two what's feet happening. away from them. He was two feet away from them. She turned around. So and just fucking so stupid. Funny. Oh my gosh. So stupid. How about our lives now, huh? Just talking about this nonsense. I can't. Anyway, yeah, yeah let's get to the me <laughs> When we were in high school that we would be talking about Twilight that we would be watching all the Twilight movies, <laughs> I would have been like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> and referencing them in everyday life. I find myself referencing I, things about Jacob. Me too. I'm talking about this him. constantly. Yeah. This has taken over my life. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way. So yeah, the tent. I love that it's freezing cold. The Because, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, I assume it's cold all the time. The best place for them to hide from the vampires is at the top of a mountain and the only thing they think to bring with them for Bella is a flannel t-shirt. Yep. That's setting up the scene for you. And she is in a tent with both of her lovers, Jose. Take it away. Oh my God. So the setup of it is that they're going to, they're going to get Bella as far away as possible because the wolves and the vampires have set up a basically a trap. They're going to meet the army and the army doesn't know that 
there are werewolves. Like, they don't even know that werewolves exist. So, like, that's the ace up their sleeve. Anyways, Edward takes Bella up into the mountains. I think, I'm not sure. Is it because they won't smell her up there or something? Or I think it's far enough away from the battle, but oh. Jacob sent masks it anyway, I mean. Also, it's not even Edward that takes her up the mountain. No, Jacob, Jacob does. does. They, right. they get Jacob too. He's like, you got to carry her. And he goes, done. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I mean, take my shirt go. off? <laughs> Dude, I was expecting him then to like turn into a dog and then for her to like ride him up the mountain. Oh, no, he literally just. sick. That would have been so yeah. much cooler. No, yeah. he literally just picks her up and then like slowly walks her up the mountain and then starts like. And this is where he loses me. I know we were going to talk about the tenth scene, but I need to talk more about the fact that Jacob in this movie, I was going into this being like, oh, dude, they they had such a great time last time. You know, he listens to her. They had fun. This is what a relationship is. And then in this movie, he's he's constantly pushing on her. He's like, you like me. I know you like me. Admit that you like me. Just like me grabs her face, kisses her, and then she punches him in the face, breaks her arm. Anyways, Alice sees that the newborn army is coming. They team up. Jacob takes her up the mountain. And now he is going to protect. He and Edward are both going to protect Bella up there. But it is so damn cold, and they forgot that now Jacob has to come in and warm her up because he's warm. You know, The wolves are hot. But I do love the way he puts it. He's just like, it's because I'm hotter than you. And looks right at Edward when he says it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so so Bella is shivering. She's suffering from hypothermia. And she's in the room with two hunks. The problem is one of them has icy cold diamond skin and the other one is a warm, hairless boy <laughs> with no shirt on. A warm hairless man. My bad. He's a <laughs> wear man. Pecs. Oh no, you're right though. He's like 16 or something. Yeah, he's 16 or something. He's a he's a boy. So he slides under the my other favorite line is right after that. His oh shirt, yeah. His shirt's off, right? And so he's he like gets under the blanket and then he looks at Bella and he goes, You'll warm up faster if you take your clothes off. <laughs> Wait, really? He says that? No, I maybe I was saying. just thinking. I think I, I was do dreaming remember, it. Did you read his mind? Because Edward definitely says, Edward, Edward's like, yeah, control keep your, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My bad. I think I read it. We were... No, Edward goes, yeah, can you please control your thoughts right now? And like it cuts back to Jacob and he's like inching himself behind her. You yeah, know, yeah. he's just got like a full chub. <laughs> his survival instincts kicked in, man. The only thing that was missing yeah. from this overly horny teen scene, uh, was that Bella got would get too hot under the covers next to Jacob? So then, Edward oh, and then she has and to his go. whole his his cold icy skin would then also have to get under the covers. <laughs> so yeah, what we don't see in this scene is that it happens all the time. Like oh, now I'm too cold, and so then she goes right back to Jacob, and then she's too hot, and now she has to go back to Edward. <laughs> and, and what would make that better? That they night. all just hug each it, other. Yeah. And Edward and Jacob just fucking glare at each other. Mm, mm, and- <laughs> I hate you so much. 
And that's how Fifty Shades of Grey was born. Oh, God, that's so That is exactly how Fifty Shades of Grey was born. This movie, I will say, in terms of story, had one of my biggest pet peeves in all of movies. When they're up in the mountain, in the very cold, I absolutely hate when we as the audience are watching characters in snow, in cold temperatures, in a cold environment, and they start talking and we don't see their breath. How am I supposed to oh, believe wow. actually somewhere cold? That's something I pick up on all the time, and it's very annoying because it, it can't be that hard to just add that in. I was just it just like shows it's lazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure After Effects has like a default setting. You can just add fucking cold breath to people. You know, that's what I'm saying, no man. I mean, honestly, Easy. they were probably all breathless from the night before, but still. I do remember though seeing like not in that scene. But like I remember having seen um, Edward's breath at one point and being like, wait, he breathes? <laughs> I don't understand these vampires at all. I'm glad you brought that up because as we're getting to the end of the movie, we have this big battle, right? And I'm going to ask you what you thought about the big battle, the ending here in just a second. You mentioned not being able to breathe. I loved when the vampire army is coming in at full force. It looked like, I thought there were only 30. It looked like over 100 vampires were walking up, right? And then they come to this body of water and they just pirate to the Caribbean. It and oh, they just yeah. To the bottom. That was and awesome, dude. Wasn't that sick? And then that I was, was like, awesome. after, after that happened, I was like, can't vampires fly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We've talked about this before. You said they have to turn into bats, but like, I don't think these guys could turn into bats. And I love that they walk so slow. Like, can't they? Don't they have super speed? I love that they just walk. I feel like they could probably run so fast that they could just like skip over the water. You know, why couldn't they just do that? That's what I thought too. But you know what? It was way more badass to walk really slow into the. So cool. So cool. What'd you think about that action scene? I would say this is the most action we've seen in these movies so far i was actually really excited about it and um i thought it was interesting that like they're actually made of like rock or diamonds or something because dude otherwise this would have been gory as fuck they were ripping each other's arms and limbs like limbs and heads off and shit it would have been crazy i was really excited and then i was really excited for like the cavalry to come in you know like in lord of the rings when gandalf shows up with rohan I was like, oh, dude, that's going to be the wolves. Like, they're going to come in. They're going to turn the tide of the battle. None of that happens. <laughs> the wolves come in, they get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, but they I do make a couple like, of cool moves. They had a couple of cool moves where they throw them up in the air, they chop them, they throw them down, you know. Which is so, dude, I don't know. Well, you know what I thought was fun? Like, like So I was, I was, like, excited about it. And then it ended and I thought back on it. I was like, dude, that sucked still. That was still so bad. But what was even worse was the lead up to the action when Jasper is like training them. General, he's like walking around with his hands behind his back. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? What is this? He's like pretending to be a soldier now. And then we get his whole backstory and we learn that like he was a soldier and everything. But he was a soldier for the Confederacy. Yeah, like not he a good guy. Even... <laughs> He's like, yeah, he was on the wrong side. 
so you mentioned how bad the wolves were kind of how choppy the action was you say that i think it was because jasper he had the two rules of fighting right only two one remind me what they were one no touching the hair or face (laughs) (laughs) the first rule the first rule was don't let them get their arms around you which just seemed like okay that's not gonna happen so then yeah. the second rule was never go. Because <laughs> uh, vampires are really good at squeezing. <laughs> They're going right. to squeeze. <laughs> well, the beasts, you know. But yeah. the second Vampies. one is never go for the obvious kill. So I think that's why everyone sucked. Because they were trying to not be obvious about it, you know. Which, for what it's worth, what a fucking stupid, like, no shit. Don't go for the obvious kill. <laughs> the only the only wild part that I was blown away in that fight scene was how flammable the vampires are. Holy shit. When, when, when Edward Dude, they just throw ripped away. apart ripped apart Victoria. Victoria's done, thank God. But he rips her to pieces. And then he just looks down on her and he just gives her a little yippee kaye. And then flips open the lighter and tosses. This is in the snow, by the way. Throws a lighter in the freezing cold weather on top of her. And she lit up the 4th of July. Like, she lit up. I thought it was Independence Day. I was waiting for Will Smith to pop out. That was insane. When that happened and it went, I was like, whoa. Like what? So is there blood gasoline? I don't understand. It was awesome. <laughs> and then and then right after that, I was thinking, so he he lit her on fire. And I was like, man, this whole battle's going on. I haven't seen anyone else light anyone on fire. And when the battle's finally over, they're sort of walking around and you just see like these tin a pyre like, of these people. <laughs> tin cans full of bodies on fire. And the whole time I'm thinking. Man, there's 40 people dead in Seattle. There's people dying here in Forks throughout the last few movies. There's countless hundreds of people dead here. Poor Charlie, man. What a tough job. He's got his work cut out for him. (laughs) So the movie ends. Movie ends. Jacob breaks half of his body. They bring him back to the house. They bring him back to life. Am I missing? The end, baby. That was the the end, right? I think, no, well, it ends like, okay, because these movies love to end on a cliffhanger, you know, they love to like, the last one ended with marry me, right? He says, marry me. Mm -hmm. This movie ends with, we have to tell Charlie that we're engaged. That doesn't seem like we've gotten very far from the last movie to this one. No, not far at all. So we finally get there and we, we kind of rambled a lot there wasn't really anything sticky that we talked about in the last couple of minutes talking about the narrative and i think it's telling <laughs> because there was no narrative to this what stood out to you what are your closing thoughts here on the story dude i'm i'm not sure how yeah how to describe the narrative of this film because um let me ask you I this john but ask me what do you think the volturi did in this film that's I have no idea. I, they're the most pointless group of people I've ever met in my life. I have and you know no what's idea. crazy? So Victoria meets her demise in this movie. The Volturi are clearly going to be the antagonists of the next movie. 
right? Because otherwise, what the fuck? Like, it's like you said, the movies rely on these anta- like they rely on these antagonists, these very vapid antagonists to drive the true story forward, which is the romance, right? In this movie, we saw it like Victoria and the vampy army only existed to create conflict with Jacob and Edward, which now that I'm saying those words almost makes it sound like, you know, pretty good idea, pretty good film. However, we don't really spend a lot of time with the motivation of these antagonists. So their actions don't make a lot of sense. Um, that's what I think of the narrative right there. I don't know. What, how, how do you feel? You're absolutely right. And I have two things to take. Thank away. you. Maybe three. And I don't want to step on what you just said about the narrative because that, that is the right answer. One, do we think Charlie only likes Edward now because <laughs> I know what you're going to ask <laughs> of the incredibly awkward conversation that he had with his daughter about the birds and the bees in the kitchen and realizing that the birds did not make any bees. See, I liked that scene because it was human. You know, and it was relatable. Go ahead. Do we think Alice and Charlie have a fling? Because there were some sexy ass in the kitchen there. I'm not gonna. I'll just put it on the table. This is what I took. This is what I took away from the narrative. These are my closing closing thoughts. Listen, I'll remind you of something though. They can't have had a thing because apparently having sex with a vampire will kill you. Big time. And the last thing I took from the narrative is we've been through three movies that have the same story. Bella's big thing is she wants to be a vampire and the Volturi just want to turn her into one. So I don't understand what the conflict there is. Anyway, I really hope in the next movies they they really focus on the love story because that's what we're all about, right? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to just say you didn't really care about the characters in this movie because they were, <laughs> they were tough. And I would say the one character that I cared about, movie one, I was team Edward because I didn't even know about Jacob. Movie two, big team Jacob guy. Movie three, I don't know. I may be team Switzerland right now because the one thing I really liked about Jacob was that he was this caring, genuine person. Like you mentioned before, his redeeming value was that he actually cared for Bella's interests and wanted her to become her own person. And when Bella was around him, she became a little bit more of someone that was independent in charge, she became a better person. In this movie, or just, he's a, just a person at all. He's a dick in this movie. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I, I agree. So in the first movie, I was team Jacob because I hate Edward. The second movie, you know, reinforced that thought. In this movie, I'm like, what the fuck? Both of these guys are so problematic. Dude. There's a million people out there in the world, and a lot of them aren't monsters. At uh, Bella, you could you could find somebody else. That's you know? true. Because clearly, everybody wants thing. you. So um, her speech. <laughs> everybody at the end, wants you. So the, her speech at the end, where she's like, "I'm not a vampire, but I am." Like I, I am a vampire. It's what I want. It's who I am. It's what I want to do. It was just no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, Edward, I don't think like it's the same old, same old, right? That's the uh, that's the other thing that, that where I think this movie is lacking is there's no growth of these characters from movie to movie. 
I could be wrong. Maybe there's someone smarter out there that can convince me otherwise. I, I, the most I don't part, think there is. It's like that. It's a circle. A character begins a story in a zone of comfort. You know, that's when we meet them. And then, but, but then we learn that they want something. So they enter a journey. They go through a journey. They enter an unfamiliar situation. They adapt to it. They get what they want, but they get it and they pay a heavy price for it, right? And then they return to their familiar situation having changed. That is the story circle, right? And that's what you generally want all your characters to go through. That's an arc. Can can you argue that Bella has done any of those things? Bella's arc, as you just described, is more like a zigzag. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> but she, she does like you said always end up at the very beginning but she yeah. hasn't changed at all in this movie you could argue that you know in the beginning of the movie the movie begins in a meadow and um she says hey like i don't want to get married yet because i'm not ready you know i'm only 18 and edward's like well i'm not going to turn you into a vampire until we are married and she's like well fuck i don't want to get any older so you know, that kind of puts me in a weird spot. And then all this extraneous shit happens and they're back in the meadow at the end of the movie. And she's like, you know what? I've changed my mind. I do want to get married and then I'll wait. And then like, I'll get married and then we can be together forever, you know? So she just like resigns to Edward's way, but we don't, I, I think we don't really see her, you know, go through a journey to get there instead like things are just happening and Bella's along for the ride literally along for the ride a person carries her part of the ride <laughs> you know what we left out a lot of characters that we could have talked about and the reason is none of them are memorable and I don't care there's about not much it. to talk about we talked about we tease this a little bit the tight 90 why do you love this so much why is this movie 35 39 minutes longer than a tight 90 so I will I will say before I really get into my spiel on why the tight 90 is, you know, the gold standard for a length of a film. It's not to say that there aren't great stories that don't fit this. You know, there are two plus hour long epics out there that keep pacing and, and do really well uh, and if and are very effective. But um, the tight 90 basically. In, in screenwriting, and I don't know if we've actually gone deeply into this before, but in screenwriting, the traditional way of thinking is that a screenplay should be 90 pages long. You know, it, it's 90 pages long. It's succinct. It's paced well. It's functional. You have time for the characters. And generally, that is the movie length that most moviegoers can and want to swallow. You know, it's difficult for you to argue to your traditional moviegoer to sit down for four plus hours. You know what I mean? So what we're talking about when we say the tight 90 is, you know, one page in a screenplay roughly translates to one page, one minute of screen time. And it's because every scene, every piece of dialogue, every action needs to serve a purpose for the overall story or you risk losing your audience. Everything is supposed to move to move the story 
forward so that we can get from point A to point B and feel fulfilled at the very ending. You know, the story circle that I mentioned before is a great outline for something like that. And it's based on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And, you know, if you really wanted to get into it, you can read a lot of what like Dan Harmon's put online, but that's why it's the perfect length of a movie. It's not too long. It's efficient. It's entertaining. And that's what, you know, generally screenwriters want to strive for. So I don't think, personally, this movie knows how to do any of those things. Hot take. What do you think, Josh? That could have just been your critic review. Um, It's way too long of a movie. And it's unfortunate that it's too long of a movie because there are so many opportunities for them to do meaningful storytelling that they just leave open. And then they fill it with this nonsense that we've already seen for three movies already, like this back and forth. If it's between Bella and Edward, Jacob and Bella, Bella or Jacob and like, we're there. We get that story. Like, give us something else. Give us the backstory on Victoria. Give us some information on Dakota Fanning and the Voltaire. To your point, they don't they don't use their time wisely in this movie. And for that reason, I would also say the next thing we look at when it comes to engagement did I pick up my phone? Yeah, I picked up my phone. I was bored as hell for the first hour. The second hour, <laughs> it did lock me in. I'm not going to lie. It was moving a little bit. And so I was a little bit engaged at that point. Like after we came back from Florida? Way after that. Like <laughs> maybe when I say the last hour, it was probably the last 20 minutes because 20 minutes in this movie feels like an hour. Yeah, because the last hour of the movie is like after Jasper's gone all colonial general on us. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... That's when it picked up because I was like, oh, man, this guy, he was in the Confederacy. That's interesting. Yeah. And then I was tuned in. I was like, what kind of crazy? That is because that, that's when the plan gets put into effect and like yeah. there's actual like, you know, story beats being hit. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And we're seeing like we're seeing actual conflict between Edward Jacob and Bella, like literally the three of them are constantly together at the end of the film, which I thought was great. Like, on, like straight up, I thought I was like, I was like, oh, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for this cringe fucking like tri- triangle, you know, like this is what I want to see. Uh, I want to see Edward and how he stacks up. I want to see them fight, bro. Don't you want yeah, to see them just sweet. go at it? I did. First of all, like not really a great sign of a healthy relationship when you have two guys fight literally physically fighting over you but like boy wouldn't that be juicy so we will say you were engaged right you were engaged for that part absolutely i was engaged are you kidding me the tent scene it's <laughs> bitching a tent so I would say when we wrap through the movie, we kind of got went through all four different pieces. The fifth is always a guarantee, right? The juice boost. I didn't have a juice Necessary. boost for this movie, but I, I wish I did. I know. My jaw just dropped, dude. I know. This is a movie that you need like one of those Olivia Pope glasses of wine. That's really just the whole bottle. <laughs> yeah you could just pour the whole bottle into yeah it. <laughs> because it's brutal and you do not want to remember what you just want. we've sort of rolled through kind of what we think of the movie what we've taken from it and you know we don't want to influence you the listener by just what we spew and what we talk about so what we usually like to do and you know the reason we picked this movie obviously is because it's divided by critics and audience on rotten tomatoes so we usually like to get both sides of the coin the critics generally more prolific 
using words that provoke thought and feeling and speak more to thematic elements, as you just heard Jose rant earlier on that are found in film. (laughs) And the audience, they just get right to the point, man. They're direct. They get to the point. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. And we appreciate that. And honestly, there's really no right answer. But what we like to do is we like to provide some funny reviews that we find. Some are honest, some are funny. So let's start with the critic reviews. Here we go. And remember, we don't name names because we tried to do that once and that just... Wow, we could say Roger Ebert, though. I mean, the man is... Yeah, yeah, we can see. We can say him. But the guy that we did say we made fun of and he had passed away. Sorry, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember if that was his name. Uh, no last names though so just don't say that his last name was you know okay levy and we're all good so um, our condolences to the levy family (laughs) (laughs) this first review from a critic gave it a c plus um this person writes for his own uh publication so i won't name the publication with stronger plot and less mood and attitude eclipse the third chapter in the twilight franchise is one notch above the previous chapter new moon but is it enough c plus and i think this review is really telling because it is one notch better right but it's a c plus <laughs> that means the last one got like a d plus or a c minus nice good math. No, what do you think i'm, a- I'm asking <laughs> i don't know how much these a notch is <laughs> well that's a good question right like if a c plus is what a 78 percent was the other one a 77? Were they both C pluses? Or is he ranking it like you said? Is the point below a D plus? I don't know. We should reach out. We'll have to reach out. This other person has uh, their own. Mr. Oh, sorry. Can't say his name. Publication as well. <laughs> I, like, I like this one. I kept it in there because I thought it was funny. Forget romantic thriller. This is an abstinence thriller. Two out of four. He's 50%. Not wrong it's not bad. At all. I know. It's not wrong at all, dude. <laughs> all right. Let's get into some real uh, critics here. So the Hollywood news, the best, the best film in the series, though that's the equivalent of declaring Mo to be the sharpest stooge. Two and a half out of four. I see. I think it's interesting that a lot of these films, I mean, a lot of these reviews um, compare this movie to the previous ones. You know, like these aren't movies that stand well, what alone. would you do? I mean, yeah, you have to. You have to because these movies fail as single movies. <laughs> if you'd never seen Twilight 1 or 2 and you go into this movie, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Who the hell is that redheaded lady? Who's the guy? Like, And why does she want to kill Bella? You know, like these movies cannot stand alone. And that's why they fail as well. You know, a great sequel does not require you having seen the previous movie. And I guess that's in my opinion. And to play the other side of the coin there, I watched this movie and I watched the other two and I had no idea who that red lady was <laughs> and why she wanted to kill Bella having seen it. So um, she looked so different. I swear it was a different actress, too. It could have been. It could have been. U.S. Weekly Eclipse's balance of PG-13 romance and bone crunching action will satisfy Twihards and appeal to supernatural romantics who haven't completely converted to TV's true blood. Three out of four. My biggest thing here, did you know Twihard was a thing? 
I that's the only thing I heard. <laughs> Twihard, right? All I heard. I Twihard. never heard of that. I checked out after you said Twihard. That's yeah, a me too. I don't know how I feel about that. Don't be such a Twihard, dude. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I think we are Twihards at this point, John. We've seen. I think we're Twihards. I think I am a Twihard. Honestly, and I think if anyone's listening to this right now, if they are still listening, they're definitely a Twihard. Twihards, for sure. Stand up. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> hey, Twihards, let us know where you're at in the Discord. Use the hashtag Twihards. See, I will say, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, 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 crit- the criticism is saying that if you like these movies, you're going to like this movie. You're going to love you it. Know? This movie is for people who already in you're in like us the caveat i will say in this critique is you know this is when we're starting to see the launch of more of those television shows like true blood um you mentioned teen wolf the other week don't laugh at me i'm laughing at the next review you have lined up (laughs) (laughs) the next review is pretty good so like true blood starts to come out and all that stuff and this person admits in the review like if you haven't seen true blood you're missing out because twilight is child's play compared to what you can get with true blood so i find it very interesting that this obviously led the way to many other shows but the other shows that came out being so much better than this movie so, so yeah I let's saw, uh i've never seen true blood me neither but What's i it? did i convince you that i've seen it yeah it sounded like you pretty good right? like you're like hey man if, if you haven't seen true blood you're missing out say it with I'll, confidence baby. that's funny you say that because i was gonna say boy if you haven't seen vampire diaries that's the other one i remember that too being big in high school out which i thought is a good one because it's a cw show and they are notoriously shit hot take <sighs> okay let's get to the next All right. review so oh, thanks are, randy I, savage <laughs> I think the critic reviews definitely tie up kind of what we were saying, right? Like it's not terrible, but it wasn't good. You know, right in between. So the audience reviews, mm-hmm. we love them. And this is the one that, uh, <laughs> God, Jose, this review says, I thought this film was great. Probably cause I'm a twi hard winky face X. <laughs> <laughs> so once I saw twi hard in the other one, I was like, this has got to be a thing. And there were a <laughs> lot of Twihards. Bank, baby. <laughs> there were a lot of Twihard reviews. Over 250,000 audience reviews again on this movie. A lot of Twihards. I should also mention that this was a five star. This person gave it five stars. Twihard. All right, next one. Say it, it was one more three time st- for those in the back. Twihard! <laughs> this person says it was three star but i added an extra star because taylor lautner's abs were still smoking hot as ever they Four were stars. smoking hot they were definitely they were smoking hot I, I thought i saw some snow melt off of them into steam and that's how they kept hydrated during all that time mm-hmm. and how he saved bella's life honestly so who's the real bad guy here that's why you know uh, bella and edward weren't meant to get to be together and he's just ice cold man dude Can't they're keep not her warm. good for her Neither Can't of them keep are her warm in the her. winter time. Uh, that may be true. Maybe we'll get a new one. All right, what's the next one? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is a more or less decent movie. Sure, it suffers from some hokey dialogue and subpar acting, 
but I'm dead serious when I say this is a serious upgrade. Two and a half stars. I love that it's a serious upgrade. Two and a half stars. Traditionally, like we side with critics or audience and we sort of get the breakdown there. But I think this last audience review sort of does that for us. So I will give the last audience review. Yeah, not bad. Definitely better than the first two, three stars. <laughs> Done. We could have just said that at the beginning and ended. We should have had this. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> so now that we sort of have, I think, agree consensus <laughs> as to what our thoughts, oh, we God. agree with this guy right here, Mr. Three Star. If I you, think if uh, you had yeah. to rate this movie, how would you rate it? What would you rate it with? Okay. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Here's what I'll say. Because I've been drinking Coronas. Mm. I'm going to rate this and how much of my Corona is left. You know, if this was a great movie, I wouldn't have picked up my Corona as much, you know, but my Corona is empty. So I give this movie. Empty. It's empty. Like Edward's It's an empty film. It's an empty film. Exactly. Like Edward Soul and like um and like Jacob's t-shirt drawer. Mm. Mm. Love that. Like my sock drawer this. after watching Jacob. So if I were to rank this movie with I'll go with your corona analogy. You all right? I'll go with your corona analogy. All right, I'm st- I'm still reacting so if, to your sock drawer. If uh joke. <laughs> oh, we're way past that. So if the corona is full good movie if it's empty bad movie i would say i finished three coronas for this movie oh dude you always it's that bad why do you always make me go first it's that bad (laughs) (laughs) all right next time i'll go first how about that no i'm kidding that's good no 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 no. next time i'll go first i'll go okay next time you go first yeah i will you know what i i'll tell you what though i have high hopes for the next movie okay um i'm thinking this is gonna get a little bit better john you know, sue me. I'll say it. I think that we're going to... Are there two left? How many are left? Two, unfortunately. Fuck. I thought it was just going to be one. Okay, anyways, <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> are we close in our analogy of the film? <laughs> are we totally wrong? Do you love this movie? Do you fucking hate this movie? I want to know, personally, what you guys think about Jacob in this film. Text because me. Yes, call me, text me, beat me if you want to reach, reach me. me. If you want to page me, it's okay. However you want to reach me, baby, you can let us know on our social channels at EARC Pod. You can see some extra content. We're making little videos. We're having a good time. I'm personally loving it. You know, I'm making the videos, but I'll say, oh, great a content. Make sure to join our Discord. We want to hear from you guys. If you didn't watch our other episodes, you can listen to them now. Give us five stars. Five stars. You know, leave us a little review, even download, follow us, or you can undownload and then follow us and then download it again and then and then refollow us. And then you can continue. You can just do it every time. You know, we want to get these, we want to get this stuff out there. But we do have news. I know I just said that I'm very excited to get into the next couple of movies, but I don't know about you, John. These are exhausting. So 
I think we're going to take a little break from our Twilight franchise here. Uh, we're going to watch a different film. We'll let you guys know on our social channels. But join us next time. Today, we chose the critics as the winner on this one. Critics, audience, reviews, who's there, who's what. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a everyone's real critic. A real critic. Real critic. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.